Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome to the Ashley Webster Experience, the podcast. I hope you're enjoying. And joining me today, we have a special guest in the studio. And I don't mean Brian Solomon, who is also Thanks. very special. <laughs> Brian Solomon, our producer here. But we have with us the one and only Herschel Walker. Herschel, thank you so much for joining us hey, today. thank you for having uh, me on. You are known for so many things. Of course, the, the star running back. But I want to take you right back to the beginning. Born and raised in Georgia. Of course, you went to the University of Georgia. Um, but I saw an interesting quote about you. You said that when you were young, you were one of seven children. You thought you were overweight. You had a speech impediment. Um, but your mother said to you, don't use those things as an excuse or as in life. Is that correct? That is totally correct. Uh, you know, we uh, continue to use excuses, the reason we can't do things. But I was fortunate to have a mom and dad that always worked extremely hard, helped me to set up a good foundation. And she always said, we can't use excuses in life why we don't get things done. And uh, I remember uh, she told me, a doctor once told me that I'd never be like the other kids in, in the athletic world. And my mom said, he's not the true doctor. You can't believe those things. And that's why I encourage people all the time who has kids. I said, give your kids positive reinforcement. You had a doctor who said you would Oh, yes. Uh, I had bad knees. I, like I said, I was overweight. <laughs> Boy, was My he wrong. Were bad. <laughs> I was not the best-looking kid in the world. I had a speech impediment. So I didn't have that much going for me. And I think because, of, like I said, my mom and my dad who uh, gave me the, the encouragement to say, guys, Keep looking up. Don't look down. You can do it. And they continue saying you will do it. Not that you can do it, but you will do it. And and uh, I just started working. Started sitting in front of mirrors, reading to myself, and my speech got better. And started going out. And the doctors say I shouldn't be running, running, and not worrying about what they said. Wow, that is a remarkable story. And listen, you know, through high school, you set all sorts of records. You go to the uh, University of Georgia. You do exactly the same there. But it wasn't just football. You were very good at track and field. In fact, you know what? You won a lot of uh, accolades and awards for your track performance. I was. I was listed as one of the fastest guys in the world uh, at one time yeah. at, at the size that I was. And, and that's what I, I try to encourage people and said, you know, and whenever someone can't do anything, they throw it back on you that you're not supposed to do it. You know, I heard many times that people said, why can you run fast? You're too big. And I tell them I never read about that in the Bible. I never read in the Bible because you're a big guy. You're not supposed to run fast. And, and I tell people that if you can dream it, you can't achieve it, but you got to work at it. Uh, you got to sacrifice sometime. You, and, and I did. I sacrificed a lot. So let me ask you, when you, you got out of college in your th junior year, right? Yes. And you went into the USFL. Um, which in today's times, it seems weird to me. It was a fledgling league. Um, but the interesting thing about it, from what I understand, is you could pick where you wanted to play. And there were some places you definitely wanted to play. 
over anywhere else. Is that right? Uh, it was. You know, my uh, my ex-wife was from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. She was from Benzahurst, and uh, she had family up here in New York, and and uh, I, I felt New York was a great place. Uh, and, uh, you know, at that time, the NFL was not taking on the classmen, and that was an opportunity for me to leave. And to be honest, I was the highest-paid uh, football player in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't about the money with me. It's never been about the money. It, it was a great opportunity. It was an opportunity to change because a lot of people don't know I was never really a great guy that loved football. I think I had the athletic ability to play football. I loved to compete, but I never really watched football on television. Hmm. So I learned a lot of things about football from reading books. What yeah. does football teach taught you in life? Herschel? Well, football taught me in life that if, if, if you're a team, you're one unit, you can accomplish success, mm-hmm. but you got to be, be on one page. you got to dream, sleep, eat, and be on that one page, and that's when you're going to have success. And that's the way life works. The reason we were the best country in the world is because we got along. We were a melting pot. We're a melting pot that we can get out there and we do things. It's not whether you're white, black, green, purple, yellow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. When you come together, you can accomplish greatness. And that's why today is a sad, sad situation for me to see what's going on in, in today's world with everything that's happening. We're going to get to that, but you joined the New Jersey Generals in the end, um, a team that eventually was taken over by uh, Donald Trump who is now our president. What was it like dealing with Donald Trump back then? What are your memories? Uh, you know, Donald is a great man. I, uh, Donald and I have been friends ever since. And, you know, it's sad to me to see what's happening with him being president, that people are not giving him the opportunity to be the president. He wanted on a fair scale. He wanted on a system that we set in place. And that's what people must realize. He wanted on a system that we set in place, but yet you have people that are upset. They continue to not look at him as a leader. And I want to tell him he's a leader. And you got to respect him as a leader. And did he treat, you, that's great did he treat you well? Oh, he, Donald treated me very well. He's not a racist. You know, everyone wants to talk about he's a racist. Donald Trump is not a racist. You know, mm-hmm. I've sat at his table. I've had breakfast. I've had dinner. I had lunch. I've had all those things with his family. Little Ivanka and little Donald, you know, they were with me. I've taken them to every, like, <laughs> the Bronx Zoo, Disney World, and different things like that. And, and he and so Donald Trump and I, we've had this relationship at the very end. We've continue to have it and now, uh, we have we're very strong with it what oh. kind of a leader is he because you played under him as he was the team owner but also you were you worked with him on the apprentice so what kind of leader is he to you well donald is always he's a leader that take responsibility and that's what I think is so important. You know, when you're a leader, you have to take responsibility. You have to take the hit. Well, right now, you see him taking the hits from a lot of different people within our own United States. You know, the guy doesn't even have a chance to go out and try to, to better the country because he's fighting within our system. And what's sad is we have people in office that are Congress people, and I'm, I'm going to talk about them. We have Congress people that have been in office for a long, long time, but yet they haven't made a change of anything. And they continue mm-hmm. to vote down anything that he tries to do and I think that's what's wrong because he's the president give him an opportunity to be the president do not fight against him where he's fighting against you he's got to go out and try to fight against all these other countries Syria and all these other places but be what you're supposed to do do your job and let him do his job Mm -hmm. let's get back to football very quickly Herschel look you you from the New Jersey Generals you end up getting drafted by the Cowboys you get put in the backfield as fullback with Tony Dorsett. Was there real, ch- as they say, was there tension between you and Dorsett? Because uh, was, it was said at the time yes. that Dorsett was upset he wasn't getting enough playing time. You had a bigger contract than he did. 
Did that lead to some well, problems? You know, Tony may have been upset about it, but for me, I was not upset at all. You know, I was very honored to play with Tony Dorsett. I, I think he was a wonderful, wonderful guy. And a matter of fact, we were roommates uh, <laughs> for three years out that he played when I was there in Dallas. We were roommate with a young man by the name of Todd Fowler. Mm-hmm. And uh, I tell you, I had a great time. They played with legendary players like Tony Dorsett and Randall mm-hmm. White. They played on a legendary coach like Tom Landry. It was absolutely incredible, and it was something I enjoyed. And, and today, I live in Dallas because of that, and and uh, and it's something I can always say that I played one of the best coaches ever to coach football. You went on eventually to Minnesota, um, had a hell of a debut, by the way, if I remember rightly, against the Packers. Um, what was your experience like in Minnesota? Those Vikings fans. Are, well, are it, tough. it was it was tough. I tell everyone, you know, I didn't know I didn't want to go to Minnesota. The year before, I had just led the NFC in rushing, and uh, and I got traded to Minnesota, which I was totally shocked. Yeah. And I was, uh, and you know, I'm not a guy who loves cold weather. I hate cold <laughs> weather, so I really didn't want to go to Minnesota. But mm-hmm. I, I will say this: when I got up to Minneapolis, that's one of the best places I've lived in my life. The people, the right? area, it was absolutely incredible. And I absolutely loved it, and I love it today. I still got a place there in Minneapolis. Huh. And, and I tell people all the time, Minnesota is a hidden secret. And I, I really want to thank all the people in Minneapolis because they treated me with so much respect mm-hmm. and dignity, and, and, I, and, I, and I love those people there. Is that the best place you ever played, or which city you think? Uh, you know, I, I go back to Dallas. Uh, you know, yeah. I think playing in Dallas is, is was different. You know, I, you know, I was in Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Philly is a tough place to play, but they love their Eagles. They love yeah. their Eagles, and, <laughs> and I got a chance to play with some great players. Reggie White, who yeah. I think yeah. is one of the best defensive linemen ever to play. Randall Cunningham, a guy that had so much athletic ability at quarterback. And, mm-hmm. and I, I love that because, you know, being in Philly, like I said, that's a tough place, but yeah. the people love for you to get out and play football, and, and that's what I wanted to do. And I then wanted you were, to the, you play were with the Giants, too. I was with the Giants there. for a year. I came and got a chance to play under uh, Coach Reeves, yeah. who also was a Coach Landry uh, understudy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Coach Reeves and I have been uh, friends for a long time, and, and what was so unique about coming back to the Giants, it was like coming back home. I think Ben had started my career with uh, with the Generals. Yeah. You know, I had met so many people here, so many lovely people here that I love, love New York and and I got a chance to be back with those old friends again and play for a team that you know uh, and not take anything away from the Jets. The Jets sure. got a fine program, <laughs> but you know the Giants is our New to. York team. You're gonna the piss Giants, some people off. <laughs> yeah, Giants is a New York team, and I got a chance to play for them. But eventually, you end up back at Dallas, which I'm sure was nice for you. And then you what? You retired at the end of the '97 season. Yes. How hard was it to retire, Herschel? You know, it, it was it was hard because you know I was leading the league and kickoff yeah. return. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and what was so strange is the reason I retired it had nothing to do with my athletic ability uh, uh, diminishing. Mm. It had to do with all the guys started calling me Mister Walker. You know, I was <laughs> you I, didn't played, like that. I played with the uh, with the dads or the people that I was playing with at that oh, time. That's crazy. And they started calling me Mister Walker, and I'm thinking, wow, I need to get out of this. I'm getting old, so that's the reason I walked away from the game. But so you it, thought of returning, didn't you? I yes. did. Uh, well, I didn't really think about returning. I was doing a fight. I got into the yeah. MMA. And I was doing uh, the, the different fights, and uh-huh. everyone always talked about the condition that I that yeah. I was in. And uh, I was asked a question if I could play today, and I said, "There's not a doubt in my mind I could play 
today. So the next article that was written, I reckon, ah. from what Donald Trump said is fake news yeah. and stuff. <laughs> uh, they said Hershey's coming back. And uh, the only question was asked was if I could play. And I said, yeah. not a doubt I could play today. Wow. I think you could play today, yeah. actually. I'm not kidding. Hershey, let us not forget that in 1992, you went to the Winter Olympics yeah. in Albertville, France. You were on the bobsled team. You were the brakeman, two-man team, right? I was. You're I got a chance man. to represent. What, what's well, so many questions come to mind. How on earth did you get into that? Let's start there. How did you get into the Winter Olympics? Well, I, I got in there really by mistake in the sense <laughs> that uh, Willie Galt out of Griffin, Georgia, played with the yep. Chicago Bears. We were doing the Superstars one year, and he asked if I had tried for the Olympic bobsled team. And me being an athlete that I am, mm-hmm. uh, just say I, I would do it, I would do it. Never, ever thinking Willie would ever call me to try for the bobsled team. And all of a sudden when he called, I was thinking, wait a minute, it's cold. Uh, <laughs> yes, I don't want to do that. And I really was not going to make the team. And I mean, I went up to Lake Placid. I ended up making the team. Went wow. over to uh, Altenburg, Germany. Became the number one pusher for the U.S. Oh. And got a chance to represent the United States What's on the two What's it like, man. Herschel, to go hurtling down that, that, that slip? of ice at such a fast pace. The first time you did that, what was it like? What was going through your well, mind? Well, I, I remember old saying you uh, put your heads between your legs and kiss your butt goodbye <laughs> because I tell you, it was a, it was a scary situation. You yeah. know, you're moving anywhere between 7 to 85 miles an hour oh and you're going fast. And But I tell you, I was very, very taken care of because I had a young man by the name of Brian Shimer yes. who's from your Naples, partner. Florida and he <laughs> was course. my driver and it was a, you, very unique. You had a guy from Florida and Georgia representing <laughs> yeah, the United States bobsled. <laughs> but Brian is the coach of the United States bobsled team yeah. today. And I, and I really enjoyed it. Because Did you get it, used to it, the speed, the uh, fear? You got used to it. I got used to it very fast because I'm sort of like Ricky Bobby. I like to go fast <laughs> and stuff. And I got used to it fast and absolutely loved it, loved it, loved it. And I tell you what was so unique to me. You know, mm. I had a chance to go over during the World Cup. And, you know, I ran yes. track over mm-hmm. Europe so many times and I got to go over during the World Cup and do a lot of different World Cup mm-hmm. races. But for the first time in my life, I almost had a tear in my eye. Uh, during the Olympics, mm-hmm. the United States team started coming in, and the United States team started coming together. And it, it hit me for the first time that, that we're the best country in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I we got some of the best people in the world. And uh, and I don't and you can't beat that. But that makes me do a left turn here and ask you, as a for, former, you know, NFL player, um, what's your thoughts on the players kneeling for the national anthem? It's sad. It's sad to me. It's sad to me that players would even think that that's something they should do. The American flag is something that I honor, I respect a great deal, and they say they're not kneeling for the flag, but to me, you are kneeling for the flag. And I, I've said it many times, I said I think it goes back to leadership. I think when the first person kneel, uh, Kabanak, mm-hmm. I think the commissioner should have said at that time, no, you're not going to kneel. This is not a place to kneel and if because it is a, a big big issue with you and black lives does matter we're going to go down to congress and i'm going to help you talk to congress about making it better yeah and you know it certainly has hurt football i think we've mm-hmm. seen it in the ratings people uh, what you know we understand there are social issues that need to be addressed but that is not the setting for it this is entertainment it's sports um is that how you feel about uh, it that's exactly how i feel and there's no doubt your athletes and entertainers do have a voice but not on your job yeah. that is your yeah. job that's your job to do it and and i think athletes must must realize that there's there has to be an end game. And I'm not taking anything from Kaepernick. But I, I say, you know, I wonder if Kaepernick would have been doing that if he was a starting quarterback mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. of the team. Good point. And I said, I don't know whether he would have still been yeah. kneeling if he was a starting quarterback. But and and, and you know, being an African American uh, mm-hmm. male, I tell people, guys, you know, to be honest with you, the American flag means something. The anthem means something. There's no doubt the anthem does talk. When you hear the whole anthem, it talks about slavery in mm-hmm. the in the whole anthem. But this is what we've been going by since I was born. This is what we've had in place since I was born. This country was built on a country of law and order. And I think we got to get back to that. People assume that they can break the law and say that they have the freedom of speech or they can break anything. Mm. Because the way I look at it, we have people kneeling that we don't want to stand for the national anthem. And we don't we don't realize that we have people over in other countries dying, giving their life up for this country. We don't call it war. I'm not sure what we call it, but we do mm. have young men and women in other countries at this time that's dying, giving mm. up their life. For the flag. And, and for the flag. And I just said, I don't think it's a time to kneel. I don't I don't think it's a time for you to say you got freedom of speech mm. because that freedom of speech is really kind of limited because we don't have yeah. all our people in this in this country yet. Now, mm. can I ask you, um, talking about law and order, you were a great college football player. And today... Uh, there's a lot of discussion about paying college athletes because since we can remember, you cannot pay you know, beyond the scholarship. Mm-hmm. And right, recently, the Congressional Black Caucus in Congress launched a task force to look at the NCAA to see if you know, athletes are being compensated. You, were, you played for one of the biggest athletic programs. Do you personally think that athletes deserve to be compensated beyond the scholarship in the form of payment? Not at all. I think athletes shouldn't be compensated because, uh, you know, that's the reason why you go to college. Go to college to get an education. Mm-hmm. And I think right now what I, I, would, I would think, and even though I left school early, mm-hmm. but I think that uh, the NFL shouldn't take a lot of young guys out of college early. I think the NFL should be, be responsible if you draft an underclassman and he doesn't make that their team, you're responsible for sending him back to college to get his education. Because if you're giving a, a young man or, in a, or even a young woman mm-hmm. in a basketball uh, the hopes that you'll be playing professional and yet they don't make it, now they've lost their, their scholarship. Now they don't get the education they've needed. Mm-hmm. And now you put them back out there in the streets to do what? Yeah. You know, what are they going to do? So I don't think you should play pay uh, college athletes. And then you got to worry about taxes. you got to worry about this. And I think mm-hmm. athletes, you know, education today is expensive. Yeah, you know, education is very expensive today, and I think that is that is uh, what it should be paid as the education. Mm-hmm. Now, you were you know so nationally famous at such a young age. I mean, your freshman year, you I mean, you were making a huge name for yourself. What was it like to be such a big name so young? Because today it's now become normal because of the twenty four seven media, yeah. um, all you know, social media, everything. What was it like for you being so famous so young? Well, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad in the sense that I think I was very grounded. I was very grounded because having a large family, mm-hmm. a family that treated me the same all the time, whether I was out scoring touchdowns or not, mm-hmm. a mom and dad that were going to treat me the same, whether I was scoring a touchdown or run, running a 100-yard dash or not, they, I knew what my bread was buttered. I knew the respect that I had to give them by saying, no, ma'am, yes, ma'am, no, sir, yes, sir. I knew when I was told to do something, I better do it. And I, and I had respect. I had respect for others. And, and, I, and I tell people, fame is something that you have in your head. 
Uh, and what I mean by that is you, if you're famous as someone that's uh, messed more, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to do what I was supposed to do, I'm supposed to run the football. That's the reason I got a scholarship. I got a scholarship to go to college, to get a good education, to run track. I wanted to be the fastest guy as I can be. I wanted to play as, as well in football as I could because that was my responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm tired of hearing athletes sometimes that say that they're not role models and are entertainers. I'm not mm-hmm. a role model. Mm-hmm. Well, from Herschel Walker, you are. And the reason you are is you're taking money from the public, whether they're paying to come see your movies, whether they're paying to come see your play, you're taking money from the public. So because of that, you owe a responsibility. You owe a responsibility to bite, to set a good example. And, you know, some people, you know, you're going to have good and bad. But at the same time, you know when you're not doing the right thing. And I think you got to show the responsibility to do the right thing. Yeah. You know what strikes me, Herschel, having met you a couple of times now, is that you're a very humble, you're mm-hmm. a very nice very measured individual, just a really a good guy. Did you have to change your persona when you put the helmet on in football, oh, when that, you grabbed the ball and tried to mow down the defense? You know, there's no doubt. You know, I, <laughs> I talk about many times, about uh, 10 years ago, yeah. when I got out of football, I had an anger problem. You know, I wrote a book on dissociative identity disorder, and it was uh, DID, and everyone said that I was crazy. Everyone said things went through it, but what really happened with me is I was being bullied when I was little, mm. and I used athletic as a coping mechanism, and I do have a different persona, and I, and I tell people, you know, the guy that you're talking to right now is not going to be the guy you're going to meet in a cage. He's not going to be the guy you're going to meet on a football field. That guy's a little bit different. And I, and I said, because I love competition. I hate to lose. I tell people all the time, I am shocked that people say you can't win them all. And I'm like, what kind of attitude is that can you bring? What kind of attitude do you bring that yeah. you're not going to win them all? You know, that, why practice? If you're not going to win, why are you practicing? Do you do any coaching, Herschel? You'd be uh, a great I, I don't. coach. Yeah, I, I said, I, well, my thing is, I said, I, I think I'm a little bit too uh, too strict in one sense, and I, and and I do. I tell people, I don't get where people say, uh, you know, giving a kid a ball for striking out. I'm not being mean here. Yeah, I said, a trophy you don't give for him everyone. A ball, yeah. Don't give him a trophy. Take him to a batting cage. Teach him how to be better. Don't mm-hmm. just reward him because he's not at the mm. point. Teach him how to get better, and I think that's what we got to do. Couldn't agree more. Now, talking of discipline, you're in great shape, by the way. Uh, is this true? Um, you rely on uh, five hours sleep. You eat one meal a day, and you still work out a lot. Is that uh, accurate? Uh, almost true. I really probably do about three and a half to four hours a night sleep. That's it. And still one meal a day. And what meal is that? Dinner? Uh, just dinner. No I don't, breakfast? I, I, no, I, lunch. no breakfast? You no don't lunch. eat at all throughout the day? No, not at all. I don't eat red meat anymore. No red meat, no fish. A little bit of chicken owning a yeah. chicken company. Uh, more soup and salad. And my weight has been the same. Uh, it may have fluctuated how? just a couple of pounds in the well, last How big is years. your dinner? Do you eat just one? No, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a big eater. But I will say this. I would probably end up drinking a Coke. You know, I, I don't drink. Yeah. Never yeah. take a beer before, never had any alcohol never in my smoked. system, never smoked, never had any kind of type of drug, yeah. wow. don't even take medicine. Same as me. And I would have like a Coke maybe, a Coke and have the calories and yep. and I, I may have a honey bun. I will eat wow. something like that as my meal. <laughs> you cheat. Yeah, I cheat a little bit. But then I tell people I need the calories because I don't eat. Yeah. But when I eat, I try to eat what I like and there's not a lot of things I like. <laughs> so what do you do these days, Herschel? Tell me. Tell, tell, our, tell uh, our listeners. Well, you know, I own a food company. I have a 
uh, Renaissance Man Food Service, mm-hmm. which is the largest minority-owned chicken company in the United States. Uh, and then I also own uh, Renaissance Hospitality, which which we have 150 women in Greer, South Carolina, that make draperies for hotels, which is the largest minority-owned uh, poultry company in the United huh. States. I also have a promotion company called uh, Third or Fourth Promotion, which we do promotion goods for a lot of Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. And for every three uh, every uh, once every three weeks out of the year, mm. I would go to a military base and talk to our military service men and women about getting help. If there's any type of illness that they're going through, whether it's mental, chemical, any type of illness right there, there's no shame to ask for help. So I'm working at the largest big heavy health hospital in the world. Last year, we treated about 6,000 soldiers a year. We average wow. anywhere between four to 500 to 5,000 soldiers wow. a year. So every three weeks, I'm at a base. And and you're just giving away uh, a truck, is that right? Uh, I, to an American hero. Explain the program and how yes. how did you select the winner? Well, what happened was I, I I found this company that was close to Athens, Georgia, where I went to the University of Georgia, mm-hmm. a company I've never heard of that said that they they build these incredible pickup all these incredible trucks, mm-hmm. and you continue to keep your warranty of those trucks. Well, I'm a car collector. Uh-huh. And I've always known when you alter a car, you lose all the warranty. You get no warranty. Mm-hmm. Right. When I found out that what they were doing was true, I started getting involved with them. But then they said, at Hershey, if you want to be involved, we're going to do something for the military. And I said, I'm all in. I uh-huh. said, first respond to military because, you know, I wanted to be a police officer. Well, not really a police officer, FBI agent. Well, not at the Comey stuff. But anyway, <laughs> I wanted to be a uh, You would FBI have been a agent. formidable agent. Yeah, yeah, just and, uh, even better than that. <laughs> but, but what's yeah. weird about it is I uh, got with this company and we put together a program for first responders and military veterans and active members mm-hmm. that if they can register by sending in their name and talking about what they do, they get a chance to win an $80,000 truck. And we have 5,000 entries, a little 5,300 uh, people that entered. And uh, we picked a Navy SEAL out named Brian, and Brian deserved it. And, uh, you know, and no, I, I hate to say he deserved it. He deserved it as all 5,000 of them right. deserved it. And it was very hard to pick one. I but bet. the guy we picked, I thought that he absolutely loved it because all he ever talked about is that he didn't he didn't he didn't deserve this, his team deserved it. And uh, I'm standing there wow. thinking Music we can't to give your fifteen ears. or yeah. twenty trucks out. We can only give one out. <laughs> but he said that his team deserved it. And it was all about team, which is something I said early on that when you have a team you can accomplish mm-hmm. greatness. And you know, he has a lovely wife and not only was he an ex SEAL, mm-hmm. that he was in he was a SEAL and done some other things that he mm-hmm. never wanted to discuss. But his wife was still out working with veterans, doing oh. things to help veterans as well and and I said, guys, what do you think about that? That that's a family that they're all in. Yeah. You know, he's put his life on the line. He put uh, the time that he could spend with his kids, his mm-hmm. wife, and went over to serve this country. He's bike today. His wife is still doing things serving his country. And I thought that was wonderful. now they have an amazing looking truck. Yeah. Oh yeah, amazing truck. Now, that's exactly right. You are so busy these days, and you're so busy in the corporate world and giving back. Which part of your life do you enjoy more today, or Back in your playing days. Well, I enjoy the day because, you know, the thing that uh, I think the question you said, what do I enjoy most? I have a son. I have mm-hmm. an 18-year-old son mm-hmm. who's in college. He's supposed to be a senior in high school now, but he's a sophomore in college. Oh, he wow. speaks and writes Chinese fluently. Oh, my gosh. Uh, he speaks French, wow. uh, English, Jeez. and uh, all A student. And being a father, having him and uh, my other kids, mm. I enjoy being a father because mm-hmm. uh, they do wonderful things. And I told my son, if I can be a dad to him, 
like my father was to me. I've been I've done a good job because mm-hmm. I want to give him a good foundation to be a good man and a good person. Well, you were a valedictorian in high school, so you really appreciate the value of an education. Right. Uh, Education is so important. I tell people this all the time, and I will say education and a fit body goes together. Mm. But the education is going to take you far farther than an athletic ability Mm -hmm. can ever do. Mm -hmm. You can be president when you're 65, but at 32, you're old to be an athlete. And I tell kids all the time, get that education because you're going to know the right time to say no, and the education is going to teach it to you. And our education will take you a long, long ways in life. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up. Herschel Walker, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, thank you're a you heck guys. of a person. Um, regardless of all your athletic abilities, you're just a good person, and it's so nice to speak to you today. Hey, thank you. Now, thank I you do want to ask you one more thing. Yes. You played in some of the biggest NFL cities, Dallas, Philadelphia, yes. New York. But you also played in the SEC as, yes. as a oh, South Carolina alum. You know, I know the SEC. So and you you're played George Roger. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, that, that's got to be my guy. Yes. <laughs> now I got to ask you. Yes. Which which is uh, bigger football fans? NFL, Dallas, uh, Philadelphia, or is it Georgia, South Carolina, SEC? Uh, you mm. got to go with the SEC. Let me tell you what, to go yeah. to an SEC game is something special. And, <laughs> yep. and, I, and I tell people that all the time. When you go to an SEC game, you probably don't want to go to any more games at <laughs> <Yep>. all. <laughs> now we can end it. Now <laughs> we can end it. <laughs> Brian got that in again, Herschel. Thank you so much for joining hey, us today. You, and, thank you. And best of luck with everything that you do. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We hope you listen in next time. We'll see you then. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Dominich, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Dominich Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.